Welcome to the monthly Three Edge View from the Edge for December 2022. I'm Fritz Folds, the Chief Investment Strategist here at Three Edge, and joined here once again today by Eric Beagleisen, Director of Investment Research and Deputy Chief Investment Officer at Three Edge Asset Management. Today, Eric and I will provide our firm's most recent outlook for the global capital markets, which is based on our proprietary research model. We have a lot to cover today, so let's get started. Uh, November was actually a good month for equity markets here in the U.S., and even better month in many of the ex-U.S. equity markets. However, as we you know, as we make our way through December, the final month of this year, inflation remains too high for the Fed's liking, and there's a great deal of uncertainty and actually disagreement among investors as to whether inflation can actually be contained without tipping the U.S. economy into recession in 2023. In that regard, the Fed will have its final FOMC meeting of 2022 this month, and according actually to Fed, Fed Chair Powell during a recent talk at the Brookings Institute in the past week, it appears likely that the Fed will raise short-term interest rates by 50 basis points, thereby breaking the streak of having increased short-term interest rates by 75 basis points for the past four consecutive FOMC meetings. In addition, Interest rate hikes typically impact the economy with a lag, and I think Eric will get into that as he gets into detail about the asset classes. And so there are members of the Fed who are fairly vocal about, you know, telling, saying, well, we should pause here and let this play itself through. So a lot going on here as we enter the final month of 2022. But as has been the case for most of the year, all eyes are still on the Fed, and they seem to have... Um, they're going to have a say into how this market goes in 2023. So let me hand it over to Eric. And the first thing he'll do, as we do each month, is take a look at our chart, which shows our major asset classes. We call it the asset class matrix. So Eric, it's all yours. Take it away. All right. Thanks, Fritz. Yeah. So we can see here a lot of negativity across the equity risk markets, US, Europe, uh, developed Asia. Uh, emerging markets, a little split there with China up being a positive one. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we when we get to that section. Uh, India negative one as well. So a lot of negativity still in the equity markets. We're finding rates in a more mixed camp. Credit still slightly negative. Uh, cash still very attractive. Good source of dry powder. Actually earning a decent yield uh, at this point with all of these these rate hikes that we've seen by the uh, the Fed here. Uh, gold in the mixed camp and commodities up in that plus one position. So so some interesting things to talk about. I think. All right, great. So as I said in my opening, November was a good month for equities in the U.S. and even better in the ex-U.S. equity markets. So let's go through the um, the equity asset classes and uh, see what the model is telling us. And why don't we start uh, with U.S. equities? Yeah, so the model research just continues to indicate that the longer-term outlook for U.S. equity markets is negative. We just talked about that. The Fed's continued increases in short-term rates and the flattening and the recent inversion of the U.S. Treasury yield curve that we measure uh, that is when short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. Those are all contributing negatively to the outlook. Uh, and more importantly, um, you know, we, we've talked about this for many months, and it's despite the, the drawdown we've seen in U.S. equities so far in 2022, uh, broadly speaking, U.S. equities still remain just highly overvalued by our measure. Uh, all that said, the potential for a pause in Fed tightening could extend the, the, the rally that we've seen 
uh, in the last couple months in the shorter term. Um, there are even a couple positive indicators in the U.S. We've seen a, a little bit of a tightening in, in credit spread measures that we look at. We've seen a decline in the, the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield. Um, you know, So th- these are some nascent signs, some emerging signs that maybe things could be turning around. However, you know, just not enough yet to, to offset the negatives that we've already mentioned. So negative overall for the time being. All right. So let's move outside the U.S. now. And we'll start with the European equity markets. And they had a really good November as well, right? In this past month, they, right. they were strong, which is kind of interesting since they still continue to face an enormous number of challenges in Europe, particularly as we head into the winter. So what is the model research uh, showing us for European equities? Yeah, yeah, I definitely enjoyed that strong rally in November, but on a year-to-date basis, still quite negative. Uh, outlook remains negative. There's just continued headwinds, and really, the the, the biggest driving factor of that negative outlook is is the high inflation levels uh, throughout the EU. Now, maybe that's turning a corner, and that that could become potentially a, a positive uh, a signal if we start seeing a meaningful decline in inflation. But but so far. Uh, uh, the very negative because of that. You know, one positive area uh, also potentially in European equities would be the recent tightening we've seen in European credit spreads, particularly in the investment grade bond area. Um, the, and just like we, we were seeing um, uh, in the U.S., uh, but unlike the U.S. equities, European equities are much more reasonably valued. We're just not seeing enough positive influence factors really to turn that overall outlook around. So still negative. Which is interesting, though, because maybe that's why you get better outperformance in November than you did in the U.S., because investors mm-hmm. were more attractive to the valuations Correct. Uh, that were more attractive in Europe. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, shift to Asia. Uh, Japan uh, has been, I think, fairly unattractive and continues to be so. What's the model saying there? Yeah. Uh, Japanese equities remain unattractive in the short to intermediate term due to the inverted yield curve measure that we calculate for the region. Um, we're also seeing widening credit spreads there. So, you know, like Europe, you know, Japanese equities are reasonably valued, but at this point still just lacking that catalyst for for getting back invested there. All right. So let's remain in Asia and talk about China, which is really very interesting at this point. Chinese equities you know, I said that equities did well in November, and I think Chinese equities probably were the best performer of the U.S. equity asset classes last month. And then again, interesting because they have so many, you know, particularly COVID-related problems in China. So what is the model research saying uh, for the outlook for Chinese equities from here? Yeah. So well, let's start with valuation. Chinese equities you know, became very highly undervalued this year. Um, you know, in, despite having particularly unfavorable economic factors on a behavioral basis, recently rebounded from this oversold condition that our model identified at the end of October uh, during that bottoming process. And now the prospect for lockdown policies and easing is likely the, the contributing force, the major driving force to the sharp rally that we saw in November that you just alluded to. Um, but we think there may be more room to run here as well. Chinese stocks would have been down over 60 percent peak to trough from the peak back, the recent peak back in uh, the middle of February of 2021 until the end of October this year. So there's definitely room for further gains. Um, but much of this really hinges on the COVID lockdown policies by the Chinese government, and then more importantly, the corresponding reaction by the citizens. Excellent. So again, you know, sort of an interesting opportunity because you have attractive valuations and you have a market that just got really beaten up. So let's uh, shift to India. 
and India equities. Um, I think it's fairly still unattractive, uh, but what is the model indicating there? Yeah, the, the big negative force here is this flattening of the yield curve measure that we calculate for India. We're also seeing some widening credit spread measures there. So all of that together really provides a negative uh, outlook overall for, for Indian equities. You know, valuations and fundamentals in Indian equities also remain uncompelling. You know, we think likely in the long term, there's a good turnaround story there. And we'll be keeping an eye on, on that for that opportunity. But now in the, the short to medium term, uh, not particularly attractive. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the prospects long term for India are very positive. I mean, the demographics are, you know, unbelievably positive, but I guess it's a situation that we'll just have to play, you know, in intermediately, uh, you know, and, 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 and see what develops there. So let's shift gears now, look at the bond markets. Uh, yields on U.S. Treasuries have obviously, you know, risen fairly dramatically thus far this year. And so what is our model research indicating for the outlook for Treasuries and the future direction of interest rates, you know, at this point with rates much more elevated than they were at the beginning of the year? Yeah, well, the Fed, you know, has aggressively increased interest rates to combat inflation. You've, you've, you've talked about that. You know, yields in the U.S. Treasury market have become relatively more attractive uh, right. than they have been for many years now. Um, should the Fed begin to relax its policy of, of monetary tightening, yields may stop rising uh, and perhaps decline in the short term. We've seen a little bit of that in the 10 year more recently, thereby providing this potential for capital appreciation. The risk is that the risk is, of the, is that rising yields come back uh, and that that risk has not disappeared altogether, that we might be we might not have hit peak interest rates. And we've also seen increasing debt levels adding to the supply of treasuries offered by the U.S. government, which, which again, could could lead to rising yields. There also remains concerns regarding Treasury markets overall liquidity, which requires close monitoring of that market, at least in the short term. You know, so overall, our research is favoring shorter maturity treasuries along with short-term tips, that is Treasury inflation-protected securities, uh, and U.S. floating rate Treasury notes over bonds with higher duration and, and longer maturities. And that strategy has played very well this year. So excellent. All right. So let's stay in the bond market now and and and, and move away from the treasury market and, and consider the corporate credit market. And so that would include both investment grade corporate bonds and high yield corporate bonds. Uh, what is the model saying uh, in terms of the credit markets? Yeah, we've seen some recent tightening in, in credit spread measures on the IG and high yield side uh, in the U.S. And, and so in theory, that, that might be an attractive thing, but you know, tighter financial conditions haven't gone away, and, and credit spreads, you know, would be expected to widen if if a recession does manifest, which many are now calling for in the, in the near mm -hmm. term. You know, so this would likely affect corporate debt markets in a negative way should companies find themselves, you know, forced to refinance existing debts at the currently higher level of yields uh, that we're seeing, or unable to take out new loans. So, you know, overall, we just continue to remain cautious on corporate credit uh, all all around um, at, at this time. And as you often have talked about, you know, there's a lag, right? So you have the mm -hmm. Fed tightening monetary policy, and a lot of the tightening that they've done throughout 2022 really haven't had the effects of that yet. And so that could further impact corporate credit, right? I think that's exactly right. And I think it's also key to remember that uh, investment grade bonds tend to come with longer maturities, uh, so higher duration uh, than, say, higher uh, high yield bonds, junk bonds, which tend to be more in that five year camp. Um, and so it could be just it could just be the case that we haven't had enough time yet passed, like you said, from the lag of the increase in interest rates to really see some of these higher yield yielding companies 
uh, have to deal with this problem yet. Right. And, and so that problem is is coming. Right. Excellent. All right. So let's move on now into real assets. And so we'll talk about gold and we'll talk about uh, commodities. So why don't we start with gold and what is our current outlook for gold at this point? Yeah. So, I mean, should the Fed begin to relax its pursuit of this monetary tightening policy? Um, you know, we could see the U.S. dollar decline further from the highs that we've already seen it come down. And this this could all be a positive factor for gold. Should the Federal Reserve not be able to bring inflation down as quickly as market participants are currently pricing in? Uh, we may see real yields begin to decline a bit more than they have off their recent highs. So all of this would be positive for gold in the longer term. However, uh, it's a bit of a mixed outlook for gold, just given that risks remain as the Fed continues to indicate at the time for the time being, at least, you know, further monetary tightening in the months to come. Right. All right. So now let's uh, take a look at commodities and commodities in general, like, you know, baskets of commodities. You know, they're one of the best performing asset classes in 2022 that, you know, actually having a, a positive return. So um, how do we look at the commodities market now as we peer into 2023 and beyond? Yeah, the, the, you know, the outlook, the outlook for commodities recently has improved somewhat. Uh, the asset class remains highly sensitive, though, to the growth of the Chinese economy, which right. may be on an upswing pending the outcome of, of this, you know, the zero tolerance COVID policies by the government and, and the recent civil unrest in response to some of those those policies that we've already discussed. Um, you know, in any event, regardless of, of specifically China, um, some commodities such as food and agriculture can benefit from, you know, the dislocation that's been brought on by Russia's invasion of Ukraine uh, and the, the current, you know, severe drought conditions in many areas of the world. Uh, in addition, more recently, OPEC uh, Plus recently announced that they would cut oil production uh, to protect the price of oil in the face of potential weakening of demand from from slowing global economy. So, you know, you know, definitely a slightly positive outlook here for commodities, uh, but certainly the potential for headwinds depending on the outcome of of China. Right. So, sort of hard to play asymmetric opportunities. Some of those that you listed. So, um, excellent, great. All right. Well, Eric, great. Thank you very much. Great update on our current outlook as we work our way through the final month of 2022 and turn the calendar to 2023. So that will do it for Eric and me. We will be back in early January of 2023 with the next edition of the Three Edge View from the Edge. If you'd like a hard copy. Uh, you know, the full Three Edge View from the Edge newsletter for December, you will find that on our website, and that is at 3edgeam.com. And as a reminder, all of our video content is available on our Three Edge YouTube channel. So on behalf of Eric and everyone here at Three Edge, thanks for listening. This commentary is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. The opinions expressed in View from the Edge are those of Mr. Foltz and Mr. Beagleisen and are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. This commentary is not intended to provide personal investment advice and does not take into account the unique investment objectives and financial situation of the listener. Investors should only seek investment advice from their financial advisor. The observations include information from sources that 3Edge believes to be reliable, but the accuracy of such information cannot be guaranteed. Investments, including common stocks, fixed income, commodities, and ETFs, all involve a risk of loss that investors should be prepared to bear.